Hey, Forge family. Last week in podcast number 11 of this series on spiritual formation, we talked about two different prayer forms, uh, petitionary prayer and intercessory prayer, just because they, they round out some of the other uh, framework of praying in the kingdom of God. And uh, I, I would like to know, you know, what were your petitionary prayers? What did you ask of the Lord this week for yourself or for the advance of the kingdom or for someone else's benefit? Second, um, what did God put on your heart to pray for in a manner of as an intercessor, as a manner of one who comes and represents and speaks for needs and wants and opportunities and and that includes uh, battle that includes a situation where you see darkness rising and you you go to war you stand up and you cry out to heaven and say oh lord send your armies send your warring angels <clears throat> so and I, w- I would like to know what was it that god put on your heart to intercede for last week now, Lord Jesus, we ask you as we continue this series of podcasts on spiritual formation, um, we, I ask you, Lord, to um, begin to put roots underneath words so that by Holy Spirit, what is said becomes something that resonates and has life and is drawn within and practiced to the point that it becomes new life within us. And I'll put myself at the head of that line, Lord. <clears throat> Thank you for what you're doing in our midst at Forge and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, family, this week in podcast number 12, uh, I want to remind you, some of you have been with Forge this long um, because in, in the early formative months of Forge Church, uh, there was a handbook that was created that uh, spread out. These are the rights and privileges. This is the way that Forge Church is going to function. And here are the responsibilities. If you you are going to embrace Forge Church and vice versa, be embraced by those members that represent Forge Church, um, here are the responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities was we really said in that uh, in those early days, we wanted to become um, individuals who were self-feeding, self-cleansing, and self-encouraging. Now, let me put that in English. Okay, um, we set out to to um, create a track for people to be with us and walk with us, and learn with us, as we from them, so that uh, um, everyone who comes to Forge uh, is someone who is capable and regularly takes in a diet of encouragement and scripture and, and, if necessary, reproof, so that we are fed we're full. We have something we could share with someone else. Uh, 
And, and I want to springboard off of that to our uh, podcast number 12. So this week, we're going to look at the spiritual discipline of study. Um, and, and very simply, uh, when you look at definitions for what the word study means, it, it means you can be in a state of contemplation, you can, be, you can set out on a journey to acquire knowledge. Um, simply stated, I, I want this um, podcast to be reframed in the, in, in the manner of, of which Holy Spirit has the say on what study is to be for each of us. <clears throat> because you study is, is, is to know God, not just information, not just facts, not just stories, not just, not just to know the Bible. Um, we are to become intimate with his ways and his person. We're to become a friend, a friend of God. And I think study is one of the ways that God opens us and humbles us and equips us. <clears throat> so, uh, let me make some suggestions. I'm not talking about someone who is, is particularly gifted as a, as a teacher here. Uh, that's a whole different uh, uh, line of equipping. Uh, instead, for all of us, um, there, are, there, are, there are numbers of, of study tracks that can be pursued that will bless you, that will turn your heart to God, that will fill you with thanksgiving, not just information. Now, for example, you could, you could start on a topical level. A topical Bible study. You know, I, you know, for some of you, you, you may want to pursue just a simple thing of, of uh, I want to look at all the women in the Bible and see what God did in and around and through their lives. Or I want to look specifically at the women in the genealogy of Jesus. You know, those four, there's four women um, that precede, predate Mary, his mother. And uh, that's a fascinating study, but it's a topical study. Okay, um, You could study the names of God. You could study all the forms and types, uh, words that describe the types of worship in the Old Testament. You could study the deliverers that appear in, in the scriptures in the Old Testament. You could, you could uh, set up a, a grid to sort of say, what characterizes the, the, the set of godly kings in Judah and, and, and sets them apart from the ungodly kings of the northern ten tribes. They were the kings of Israel that, that reigned out of Samaria. That's a fascinating story. <clears throat> you could study the tabernacle and all the implements that were created to be part of the worship of God. You could study the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, etc. Uh, you could study the prophets. You could study the poets. That, that's all topical study. <clears throat> Again, the point is not to just suck up information and say, oh, I've done this this year, and I accomplished that. 
The point is, did you come through it to know God better? And does he have you closer to him, close to his heart, because you've pursued him in the manner of your study? <clears throat> a second type of study, uh, a discipline study, could be a biographical study. You could look at the lives in the, of men and women in the scriptures. Um, you could look at Abraham and Jacob and, and David and, and Jesus. Or you could set them in contrast to those around them. You could say, well, I want to look at the, the life of <clears throat> Abraham versus the life of Lot. Or I want to look at Jacob versus Esau. Or David versus Saul, the king who preceded David to the throne. And I want to look at Jesus in light of who Herod was. Because both of them were called king of the Jews. See, so that would be a biographical study. <clears throat> and as you come through that, what you, what you will find is God is so faithful to those who trust him. Faithful to those he's chosen. Faithful to those who, who uh, lean in on him in time of trouble. Now, thirdly, you could do a book-by-book -book study. A study that takes you through themes and, and the, what, what is perceived as the goal of the writer, moved by Holy Spirit, <clears throat> to, to state what the... What is it that's being presented in this book? For example, the, the book of Matthew, the first gospel that's presented in the New Testament. Yeah, Matthew sets out to present Jesus as the promised Messiah. And all the way through the miracles and the teachings and his suffering and his, his crucifixion and his resurrection, it was all uh, set out by Matthew, who is really Levi, tax collector, who was one of Jesus' disciples, called from the, the toll booth, if it will, to follow him. And Matthew writes to present to the Jew, here is your Messiah. <coughs> Excuse me. And then, uh, lastly, um, I want to spend a little time on the, the love of my life. I, I do spend time on topical presentations and biographical studies and the book-by-book -book things. Of where's God's activity? Where's his promises? How is, God, how is God's judgment being seen here? How are God's blessings seen here? Okay, I, all that I do and have done. But what I love is what's called exegesis. Um, that is a, a you know, 35-cent word. Uh, it just means... Um, when you do exegetical study, you are leading the meaning of the text out into, into sight, out into the open. You're making it plain. And that set is set off against eisegesis. Okay? Eisegesis is where you go to the scriptures with your own mindset and your own needs, and you're looking for a text that will say what you want to say. And you just want to use the text of Scripture to illustrate your passion. Now, many topical preachers and many of those who come to pulpits to give homilies, to give words of encouragement, 
they fall into this eisegesis, um, an eisegetical model where they, um, they're interpreting the word of God through the lens of their own understanding, as opposed to this is what God said and he wants you to understand it. Because I, uh, exegesis does the opposite. It begins with um, what, what, what it says. What does it say? And and what did it? What was it? What was being said to the original listeners who heard that spoken, or who read that letter when it was sent, or heard it because they couldn't read? They just heard it read out. Okay, what did it say? And the second is, what did it mean to them? And what does it mean to me? <clears throat> and third. You come to the point of, of being on your knees, really on your, on your knees and saying, Lord, how do I apply what that means? How do I apply this? And that could be a word, that could be a phrase, that could be a paragraph, that could be a chapter. Uh, there's no, you know, when you do exegetical study, you go until the Holy Spirit stops you. And then you pay attention because he's been he's going somewhere. He's leading you. And you're in taking it out of the of the word of the text. It comes off the page, and you use the tools that the Lord has given. One of the wonderful things of this age is there's a lot of tools for exegetical study online. <clears throat> you don't have to have a thousand pound library. <clears throat> you could go online. And have access to, you know, exhaustive concordances and, um, and dictionaries that deal with with theological words and word study books. And you know, some of that stuff is available online. Some of it, um, you know, if you're just going to be a, a really good exegete, you spend the money on it. You buy yourself a good tool and it's going to last you for life. Now, I said earlier... Uh, for those who are called to be teachers, they're gifted and called to be teachers. You study in a different way, and and there's a there's a there's honestly a razor edge that runs through the middle of study by those who are gifted to teach, because you could fall into the pit of always preparing for someone else's benefit. You're always preparing something to speak out, to teach out, to write, to podcast, in whatever manner it is distributed, without that personal reflection, without that intimate, Lord, how do I apply this? Lord, what does this mean to me? And so, when, when those who are gifted to teach um, they have to bring with them not just a left brain that says, "I want give me the information. Where's the beef? You know, get me down to the meat of this text, and I'll parse it out, and I'll deliver it to my people, and they will be blessed because they're going to get some principles to live by." God bless our evangelical brothers because they have done that and done that well. You know, they have they've laid great biblical foundations, but. Um, there's too much failure in the pulpit. There's there's too much, um, you know, being an excellent teacher and a lousy husband. 
being an excellent teacher and someone with moral proclivities that are not godly. See, it's entirely possible to be an excellent teacher and a lousy liver. And that's a sad thing to me because I've had friends who have failed in the ministry. So let me say to you, if you are so called to be a studier, a disciplined student of the scriptures, the point of that is study to know God and to become intimate with his ways. And then along the way, God will give you truth that's firsthand, that you have processed, you have learned. You are, a, you know, this is not, you're not quoting 47 other authors. Um, yes, you know, we do teach in that way. Yes, uh, there are others who went before us who have said awesome things and they're worth, it's worth quoting. But the point being, Lord, we want to hear from you and we want to know you. If we hear from you through servants, yes, that works. But Lord, we want to hear from the scriptures in such a way that we don't bring our uh, our thoughts and our our grid and our passion to bear on that so that we, are, we do eisegesis. We use the scriptures as a bludgeon. We use the scriptures as a, as a taunt against those we disagree with, etc., Now, Lord Jesus, uh, all these different ways on how to study, they all take discipline. And so I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would work in the hearts of those in Forge and beyond, Lord, with this this, uh, spiritual formation necessity, this discipline of study, so that when we come to the Word, we come hungry, we come earnest, we come with the sense of, I want you, Lord, and I'm going to meet you here. You're here waiting for me. And I've come prepared to be with you. Yes, I want to learn, but I want to learn about you. Help us uh, clarify our focus in this, Lord. We give you thanks that you're you're ever uh, presenting new things. Uh, It is said, Lord, of, of the best of those of us who are our students, that we bring out of our our treasure house things that are old and things that are new. So, um, Lord, for Forge and Forge family, and for those who in the in the reach of this podcast, Lord, I ask you please to cause uh, this study pattern in the scriptures, not not books about the scripture, not biblical fiction stories, not um, people who who decide that they are going to write about uh, Paul and Paul's views. You know, that's, that's all study material, but it doesn't fall under this category of the discipline of study. Lord, keep us anchored to the word. <clears throat> keep us anchored to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Forge family, I love you. We'll see you soon. God bless.